0: lessons with Miss Sanga so today we're going to be looking at economic development in Nigeria so the key learning that we will be doing in this section is about Nigeria's location and its importance in Africa how Nigeria's population is growing and how Nigeria's economy is growing so if we start off looking at its location Um, Nigeria is a country in West Africa and it's three times larger than the UK and it lies just north of the equator. Um, It's sometimes known as the Giant of Africa as it has a population of 201 million people. That figure is correct as of 2019 Um, and it has a population bigger than any other country in Africa. Um, and during the 21st century, Nigeria graduated from being a low income country to becoming a newly emerging economy. And in 2014, it overtook South Africa as the largest economy in Africa. Um. So how is Nigeria's population growing? So m- like many other low-income countries, and newly emerging economies, Nigeria's population is growing quite quickly. It has a high proportion of young people and it also has a high birth rate. So by default, it has a high rate of natural increase. And in 2019, it actually ranked seven in the world by population. And by 2050, it's predicted to rank fourth behind India, China, and the USA. So how is Nigeria's economy growing? So in 2001, Nigeria was not part of the countries that were growing quickly in terms of their economy. However, now it is one of the fastest growing economies in the world. Um, And by 2020, it's predicted to become one of the world's top 20 economies. And by 2050, it might even be ahead of economies like France and Canada. One of the reasons that it's predicted to have really good economic growth is because of the youthful population and it has a high proportion of educated young people due to start working in the next 20 years. So this will provide the country with plenty of skilled labour to work in manufacturing and services. So in this section, the key learning that we will be doing is about the social and cultural context of Nigeria, the environmental context and how the political context is changing. So if we start off with the social and cultural context um, so modern day Nigeria was formed in 1901 under the British rule and until then the country was comprised of many smaller tribal kingdoms Um, Nigeria gained independence from Britain in 1960, now Nigeria has more than 500 different ethnic groups, with each of those having their own language, and rapid urbanisation in recent years has led to a shift of population, Um, rural to urban migration of people from countrysides into cities has broken down some of the traditional boundaries, However, ethnic identities still exist even within modern cities. So in terms of the environmental context, as you can probably guess, um, the climate in Nigeria is quite dry. And because it is quite close to the equator, tropical rainforests grow in the area. Um, It has savannah grassland in the hot, dry climate. Um, Much of the natural vegetation in Nigeria has been replaced by agriculture. Cocoa and oil palm are grown in the south and peanuts are grown in the north. So, how is the political context in Nigeria changing? So, since independence, it progressed from civil war through several military dictatorships when the army ruled the country, to a stable democracy. So the country now holds regular elections when people choose to vote for their government. Um, However, there is still conflict in Nigeria. In the north of the country, Boko Haram, which is an extremist organization, wants to abolish democracy and set up its own government under Islamic law. At least 17,000 people have been killed in the conflict since 2000 and over half a million people have fled the region. One of the most shocking incidents happened in 2014 when 276 schoolgirls were kidnapped by Boko Haram as they oppose education for girls and all the girls have still not been found. The rise of Boko Haram has been blamed on inequality as extremists exploit the growing gap between rich cities and poor rural areas in Nigeria by recruiting their fighters from among the poor. Um, On the other hand, a sign of progression is how the country dealt with the Ebola outbreak in 2014. Um, This was the world's worst ever outbreak of the disease and it killed over 11,000 people in Africa. However, only 8 people died in Nigeria, which managed to contain the disease with good health care and planning. Every person in Nigeria who came into contact with an Ebola victim was traced and screened for the disease. Other countries later copied Nigeria's method to prevent the disease from spreading. So in this section, the key learning we will be doing is about how Nigeria's economy is changing, how the industrial structure of Nigeria works and how manufacturing industry stimulates economic development. So if we look at how the economy is changing first, so we know that it has the largest economy in Africa and it's among one of the fastest growing economies in the world. Um, There was a recent increase in Nigeria's GDP. However, despite the fact that this GDP has grown, most people in Nigeria are still poor and they're living on less than $1.25 a day. Um, There is growing inequality with few very wealthy people and a minority of people working in cities in well-paid jobs. Um, There are also regional inequalities with most wealth in the south around Lagos and greater poverty in the north and the southeast. How is Nigeria's industrial structure changing? So, Nigeria is changing from a mainly agricultural economy into an industrial economy. Over half the country's GDP comes from manufacturing and service industries. This reflects the change from a mainly rural to an urban population, which is brought about by urbanisation. Some of the fastest growing industries in Nigeria include telecommunications, retail and wholesale, and the film industry in Nigeria, which is known as Nollywood. And this is now the third largest film industry in the world. So the manufacturing industry, um, how does it stimulate economic development in Nigeria. So, oil was discovered in Nigeria in the 1950s and it is a vital part of the country's economy. Oil and gas account for around 14% of Nigeria's GDP and 95% of its export earnings. So, income from oil is what has helped Nigeria to make the transition from a low-income country to a newly emerging economy. However, the country's dependence on oil makes it vulnerable to changes in the world oil price. Um, When the oil prices fell in 2015, it damaged the Nigerian economy. Um, Additionally, because most of Nigeria's oil is exported before it is refined, much of the profit is made outside of Nigeria. Um, However, new manufacturing industries... Um, are increasing the pace of economic development in Nigeria and this is being done through several ways. So these include improving the standard of living by the products of industries such as cement. Producing manufactured goods in the country reduces the need to import goods and can be cheaper. New industries create jobs, give people an income and contribute to the country's wealth through taxes and the expansion of Nigerian companies into other countries increases Nigeria's influence in the region. So now let's look at the role of transnational companies in Nigeria's oil industry, the environmental impact of oil in Nigeria and the advantages and disadvantages of transnational companies. So the role of transnational companies in Nigeria's oil industry So first of all, the oil industry in Nigeria is located in the Niger Delta area and vast amounts of wetland exist on the delta of the Niger River. Um, The oil boom in Nigeria took off in the 70s. Um, It depended on the expertise and money of large transnational corporations, these are called TNCs for short, um, based in Europe and the USA. Um, The companies erected drilling platforms on the oil and gas fields around the Niger Delta region, linked by pipelines to export terminals in the Gulf of Guinea, um, where crude oil is is piped onto tankers. The oil is shipped to Europe and the USA where it's refined into petrol and other oil products. The companies make most of their profit from refined oil. So, essentially, these transnational companies are what allowed Nigeria's oil industry to boom and it's what allowed it to be transported outside of the country. So, in terms of the environmental impact of oil in Nigeria, so some people believe that it has actually become a curse for Nigeria. Um, In order to keep some control over the oil industry, the Nigerian government set up the Nigerian National Petroleum Corporation to form joint ventures with TNCs. This ensures that part of the profit from oil does stay in Nigeria. However, um, the environmental damage includes oil spills from leaking pipelines and these oil spills damage the farmland so crops can no longer grow. Gas flares are used to burn off oil, sorry, to burn off gas from the oil. Um, Apart from being wasteful, the fumes affect people's health and contribute to global warming. Um, Oil pollution, which occurs offshore from tankers, kills the fish in the sea. Um, So the Delta region contains important wetland and coastal ecosystems and... Many people depend on the natural environment for their livelihood, either through farming or fishing. So it is having a big environmental impact. Now let's look at the relationships that Nigeria has with other countries. So Britain has had a trading relationship with West Africa for over 300 years. Um, So first this was trading enslaved African people. Then when that was made illegal, um, trade with West Africa turned to palm oil, which was used in Britain to make salt. And then in the late 19th century, Nigeria, along with much of Africa, became part of the British Empire. Um, The country was ruled by Britain until it gained independence in 1960. And By then, a pattern of trade was established where Nigeria exported natural commodities to Britain in exchange imported manufactured goods and Nigeria still trades with the UK but more of its trade is now with some of the world's largest economies which include USA China India and other countries in the EU since independence oil has replaced other natural commodities as Nigeria's main export but countries but the country still imports manufactured goods like machinery, chemicals and transport equipment. Um, so the influence that China has on Nigeria's economy. And Nigeria's main import partner is now China for manufactured goods. But China's influence on Nigeria's economy goes beyond the goods that it sells. There's also growing Chinese investment in Nigeria and other African countries both china and nigeria benefit from this relationship so nigeria needs huge investment in infrastructure particularly its transport and um power supply um china with its recent experience in building its own infrastructure is now able to take that expertise to other countries and in 2014 the china railway construction corporation won a Um, large sum of 12 billion um, US dollars and this was a contract to build a new 1400 kilometre railway along the coast of Nigeria and uh, another reason is China's fast-growing economy needs more resources than the country can provide for itself and it can now get these resources abroad in countries like Nigeria Now, um, let's look at the types of international aid that Nigeria receives, how Nigeria got into and out of debt, and whether Nigeria still needs aid or not. So, the type of international aid um, that Nigeria receives. um, So, aid can involve international organisations, governments, charities or individuals, And as part of the Millennium Development Goals to eradicate extreme poverty, the UN set a target for high-income countries to commit 0.7% of their GDP as aid. And um, Nigeria, uh, along with other African countries, were one of the main recipients of international aid. So, Nigeria has one of the highest death rates from malaria in the world. And malaria is a disease that's transmitted by a mosquito bite and it can cause death or long term health problems. It can be easily prevented by sleeping under a mosquito net at night and each net costs as little as £2. So from 2009 to 2013, 60 million mosquito nets were distributed to households across Nigeria as part of an international aid project funded by the World Bank IMF and the USA government. Now, let's talk about how Nigeria got into and out of debt. So, in the 1980s and the 1990s, many low-income countries like Nigeria faced a debt crisis and they were unable to repay their loans without cutting essential government spending. While spending cuts in high-income countries like the UK can be inconvenient, In low-income countries, they can be a matter of life or death. So it was impossible for the low-income countries to escape from the cycle of debt repayment. Although millions of US dollars were repaid, this did not keep up with the interest repayments, so the debt continued to increase. In 2005, leaders of the world's richest countries finally agreed to debt relief for 39 of the world's most highly in-debt poor countries which included Nigeria some or all of the low income countries debt was cancelled so that it was no longer needed to be repaid so does nigeria still need aid since 2005 the nigerian economy has been growing and as we've discussed it has graduated from being an lic to an nee um and in 2018 the government gave 300 million pounds of aid to Nigeria. Um, Critics point out that Nigeria now funds its own space programme, so surely it does not need aid. But the UK's response was that Nigeria's space programme is about investment in weather satellites that will need help to improve Um, the food production while Nigeria's economy is growing it shouldn't be forgotten that 60 million people still live below the poverty line Um, and the largest chunk of UK aid went to development programs in northeast Nigeria to help counteract the influence of Boko Haram in the area and the final part of this podcast We'll be discussing how quality of life in Nigeria has improved, how the improvements are connected with economic development and why economic migrants risk their lives to leave Nigeria. So the quality of life in Nigeria has improved. Um, This can be seen as as Nigeria's life expectancy has increased from. 45.6 in 1980 to 53.9 in 2017 and the expected years of schooling have gone from 6.7 to 10 and the GNI per capita has gone from 4,259 to 5,231. So, how are the improvements connected with economic development? Um, So, with the new jobs that come with development, people are able to earn more money to pay for the things that they need, and the government also earns more money through taxes. However, the benefits of economic development are not equally shared. So, this leaves the question of why do economic migrants risk their lives to leave Nigeria? In recent years, over a million migrants from Africa and the Middle East have crossed the Mediterranean Sea in makeshift boats to reach Europe. Tens of thousands of them came from Nigeria. So Nigerian migrants are driven by several factors. These include climate change, extreme poverty, food insecurity, and the actions of Boko Haram in the north. Um, Some migrants are simply economic migrants seeking a better quality of life in Europe. The journey from Nigeria to Europe is long and it's quite dangerous. It includes a journey across the Sahara Desert to Libya, a country which has recently been in a civil war. And in Libya, migrants pay hundreds of pounds to sail across the Mediterranean in boats that are often unfit for the voyage. And since 2014, over 3,000 migrants have died each year, marking the crossing. The aim for most Nigerian migrants is to earn enough money in Europe to send home to support their families and perhaps even one day to return to Nigeria to enjoy a better life with the money they've earned. So that was a quick summary of economic development in Nigeria. So we've covered quite a few different areas of Nigeria um, in this podcast and I hope it was useful and you enjoyed listening to it.